What's up, Dan? Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thank you for uh, thanks for having me, Mike. Yeah, how's everything going? Good, man. Good. Yeah, I'm here in Phuket. Uh, first, first thing in the morning, first item of the day, podcast with Dan. And it looks like you're outside uh, your, in your backyard at your uh, sauna, ice bath, little banya setup that you got there. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. I, I built the ice bath like a few months ago. And I've, I've always been into ice baths and whatnot. But then I just got the sauna. So package is complete. And uh, yeah, man, just taking things to the next level. <laughs> yeah, we just got one at AK Thailand. I've been building it. Um, I'm not really into ice baths like you, but uh, our guests are. So um yeah i did it yesterday yeah. just to kind of take some photos and, and start it and kind of get it going but it was actually yeah. not bad man i'll be honest like it's been a while since i did an ice bath but it was actually pretty refreshing except i was cold for a really long time after <laughs> it took a while for my body <laughs> yeah. temperature to go down yeah yeah i had i had esp in town and uh they filmed me doing an ice bath and then i got out and i had to do an interview and i was freezing yeah <laughs> like, I, I couldn't imagine. i couldn't get my body temperature up yeah, that's, that's crazy. It's 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 yeah. I, I had to, did the same thing. I had to stand outside. Thailand's a lot warmer outside, and just the the mild air conditioning we had inside, I couldn't yeah. even like deal with it. I had to stand outside for like like thirty minutes and, and kind of thaw out a little bit. Yeah, that's good though. But congratulations on your your last victory. Um, great great fight. Um, I know it's been a bit, but um, thank you against uh, Gavin Tucker, uh, a, a previous guest on my podcast. Great guy, great fighter, and uh, it was a great fight, yeah. man. It was it was really awesome. It was cool. You know, that's like one of those things where it's like, you know, you've heard people say over and over, like, don't look for the knockout. You know, just go for it and just fight and, and use technique. And that was like a great example because you weren't like you know, overextending and going for these haymakers and going for the knockout like your next opponent, a uh, zombie does. Yeah. And, and you just, you just laid that right <laughs> hand just smooth. And it just, it, that's what it takes, man. You know, a, a good punch in the right spot and it's over. And it was just like, I mean, he was, it was done, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, for the first time in my career, it's like, I didn't force the knockout and I pretty much, that's all I've been working on the last eight months, uh, was just like my technique and precision and, for a while, I mean, I was prepared to go to a, for a 15 minute war because I knew how tough Gavin Tucker was, but like, I just let my hands go and like not really think about it, and it just it happened perfectly. Yeah, I think that'd be a great strategy for the next fight as well. I mean, you're obviously fighting uh, Zombie coming up, who, who's a bit aggressive and wild and loopy. Um, yeah. I think those straight punches are going to yeah. do do wonders for you in that fight, it, it, you know. And 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 how are you how are you looking at that fight? Like like how how do you see him coming off that fight with Ortega, and how do you see that that match going stylistically? Um, it's a honestly as a fan, like looking at looking at it from the outside, like it's an awesome matchup for the fans. Um, Zombie is aggressive. He comes in pretty loopy, and um, he's been around for a while, man. He's he's been in the game forever. He's been on top and. Uh, He's definitely a fan favorite to watch, but for me, it's a perfect stylistic matchup just because of he will be there. You know, he he will be there to hit. Um, he, he's not really, I wouldn't call him a runner. He's usually there, right there in the middle. Yep. And will stand his ground, and um, uh, I think that just makes a perfect fight for me. Um, I it's gonna be fun, man. I think I could really show off my tools. I didn't really get to show off too much in the Gavin Tucker fight. Um, because I, I have been working a ton on my skills and, and my technical work, my tactical work. And I'm just excited to have 25 minutes to go out there and showcase everything I, I know. 
Yeah, it seems like Ortega did a good job of kind of mixing it up a little bit and keeping him wondering what was happening the whole time. I mean, he was mixing it up with elbows and and, and a lot of yeah. leg kicks and, and, and body kicks and grabbing the leg and doing a lot of different things yeah. to kind of get his mind off of off of uh, one one specific thing. Um, but Zombie's tough. I mean, he right. hits hard. He brings the heat, you know, so you got to be careful with someone like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm sure you got you you did your homework and it's going to be a great fight. I mean, stylistically, I'm excited as a fan. It's going to be it's going to be a good one. And yeah, uh, yeah. what 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 is your Oh, actually, first of all, what's your what's your uh, without giving strategy away? What's your what's your prediction for the fight? Like what what do you what would you say is your your prediction without giving away too much uh, as far as uh, details of of your strategy? I mean, I mean, you know this as a fighter like you we we all you always have to prepare for the full amount of time a 25 minute war for me a five round main event um yeah so i'm prepared to go 25 minutes hard and uh even even after my last um the last time i got the headline a main event and go 25 minutes like i didn't know like i didn't know how my body would would handle that i didn't know like how hard i could go and and i learned a lot there's a lot of things i took away from that fight and i definitely learned that i could have went a little harder um you know, in some of those rounds and could have won some of those rounds. So, you know, I, I just want to go out there and I'm prepared to go 25 minutes, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I finish him with a, with a punch or kick or choke or arm bar. Like I I'm prepared everywhere, anywhere the fight goes. And, and it, it, it would just be exciting to get it done against a legend like the zombie, especially like him going to a decision with Ortega, who's fighting for the belt now. Um, if I can go out there and, um, you know, one up that performance and, you know, make a statement for myself. Absolutely. And then I think he's ranked number four right now. So, I mean, that, that obviously puts you in the top five. So it's a big, big fight for you, uh, in the rankings. Um, you know, I like what you said as far as, you know, a lot of people think that fighters automatically from the beginning of their career know everything they're good at and, and where they're confident and where they're, uh, you know, strengths are, but what people don't realize is we're just like everybody else. And like when I was coming up, I was very, you know, I, was, I had to be confident. I had to be confident in my interviews. I'm going to knock them out. I'm going to do this. I can go 25 minutes. I can do all this. I mean, you're obviously way far ahead than I was at that point. But what my point is, is that we have to learn just as well as everyone else. Like, you know, through fighting, we have to test yeah. ourselves. You've had a lot of amateur fights and a lot of pro fights to test yourself. So people don't realize we get to the stage we're at later on, like where you're at right now in your career, because you've, you've, you've learned from, from your performances like you've learned that you can take punches and you're don't you don't have like a weak jaw you've learned that you can go the distance and fight hard for 15 minutes Hold or 25 on. minutes you've learned that you can do good on the ground and submit people that are really good you've learned that you know what i'm saying so i think that's a big misconception yeah. that people have is they think you just automatic fighters just automatically know this from the beginning but it's a learning yeah. process for us like there's been so many fights where i've been done with the fight in my ufc career and i was like holy shit i can do that you know and, and everyone else thought i could yeah. do that before and they and they were confident that that was like my thing but it's like i wasn't confident until i went out there and actually did it you know good or bad right no that's totally i was literally talking about that yesterday with my coach and um you know going it's like you almost got to put on that like fake confidence like because you you don't you're not sure of it you're not, you don't know like you think you can do it and you have to believe it because if you have a little bit of doubt like that's not good nah, absolutely. and um you know going into the cater fight like I had four weeks of preparation and it's like you, you question yourself, but then you, the cameras are in your face. They're like, Hey, hype up the fight, you know, do this, do that. And like, I have to be confident. I have to be tough. And you know, I, I, I did learn a lot from that. I did learn. I can go five rounds with a 
a tough ass dude. And I, I, I did learn that, you know, I, I didn't get blown out of the water. Like I, I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I was durable. Like everything you said, these things you just learn along the way and every single fight, um, has made me into the fighter I am today. Like literally from my amateur debut to, to now, like every fight I've, I've, I've picked up something from a win or a loss. Um, they say lose and learn or win. I, I love, I'd rather win and learn, but yeah. I, uh, you know, I just, I, I try to pick up something every fight. And for me going into this fight, I, I, I just really feel like, I, I guess let me retract a little bit, but my whole entire UFC career was just a fast track. Like I was in camping, camping, camp, taking fight after fight after fight. And I never really did have the opportunity to grow until I, um, till I fell short to cater. And then I, like I said to myself, like, I'm actually going to take some time to grow as a fighter and like work on everything. Cause that's not something I really got to do. I was just constantly grinding and they say in camp, you don't really get better. Like, I feel like I got better cause I got, I went through all these fights and I got experience and I got better, but I didn't truly like develop my skills. So that's all I've been doing for the past pretty much one year almost. And, um, yeah, it's kind of cool because I didn't I didn't get to show anything in my last fight, so it's still a mystery. Yeah, no, no, and, and, and I think that's where I think that's where people's prime comes in. Like you talk about people's prime when they get to their prime. I think that's a mixture of their age and and experience catching up to them to where and that confidence that we talked about, where you see guys like the Anderson Silvas and 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 you're great, you know, like like even you know you're you're all guys from my team. I'm biased with my own teammates, but you, you see these guys that, that that get in these runs where they're like you know ten fights. You've had big streaks too, um, but ten fifteen fights yeah. and, and they seem unbeatable, untouchable. Your Fedors, your Anderson Silvas, your you know John Jones as well, and then they get to that point where they you know or just seem unbeatable, and I think that's where they've gained that confidence. That's where they've realized what they can do totally. and and then that confidence when you come in there with that confidence and it's not a question as much anymore as it is that you know that you can do these things that helps elevate your game to a yeah. whole different level and give you an advantage over somebody who doesn't have that confidence yet and they're still walking in with those questions and then all of a sudden they seem unbeatable and they're in their prime and they're destroying everyone in reality they've just found their space they've they found their what they're good at and how they can do it ahead of the person that they're fighting or the people that they're fighting and they're able to put those wins together yeah. until they kind of get out of their prime and then younger guys come up and and, and start nipping at their heels and and, and and doing the same thing kind of yeah uh, and that's how i pretty much feel like i feel like i, I mean i'm 29 years old and I, i'm really just everything's finally clicking and the confidence is there it's not a false confidence like i 100 percent believe in my ability and my skills i believe in my my approach to the fight um i i take everything super serious like as far as my training and training smart and using science and you know I, I train really hard but like you know there's a time and place to train hard and train smart so I, I feel like I'm taking a really smart approach but I'm getting the maximum potential out of myself and um you know I, I treat myself like a champion I live like a champion I try to hold myself like a champion although I don't hold a belt around my waist I I'm starting to try to walk like a champion if that makes sense and do everything I can in my power to make myself better. Like I was thinking to myself kind of before this camp, like if I was a champ, what would I be doing? Because if I was a champ financially, I would be able to 
do what I want to make myself better, whether it's, yeah, investing in saunas, ice baths, hiring external coaches and, you know, a bigger coaching staff that, that can support me. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm making that investment in myself now. Nice. Um, I feel like I'm just really taking things to the next level as far as my training and, you know, my strength and conditioning and everything and surrounding my camp around me and building everything around me. You know, I still go to team practices and whatnot, but like I'm building this camp around myself right. and uh, I, I'm confident and I, I feel great. I, I'm physically the best. I feel the best I've ever felt and mentally and spiritually and just everywhere. Uh, everything's on point and I really don't, I fight to fight, but I really don't see myself losing. Yeah. I'm excited about it, man. And, and to be honest, yeah. uh, another fun fact is that's my birthday, man, June 19th. So uh i'll be i'll oh, be awesome. i'll be 42 and uh i think shit i hope, nice, I hope i'm right <laughs> it sounds old man <laughs> hope, yeah, I, yeah. hope i'm wrong yeah. actually hopefully I'm, right. i messed up somewhere <laughs> along the years and i'm 41 but uh yeah so it's like uh yeah man that's my birthday june 19th and uh so yeah i'll be watching on my birthday all right fellas you want to help the podcast here is your opportunity you can save 20 percent now and get free shipping on the best below the waist men's grooming products on the market by going to manscape.com m-a-n-s-c-a-p-e-d.com today use code quick that's my nickname not how you use the product and you get 20% off free shipping. It's a win-win for everyone. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. And now they're available in Europe, Canada, and Australia. And yes, I actually use these products. I'm getting more shipped right now. I got the Manscaped bag here. Got the Preserver. Got the Reviver. Mm, the Reviver. The Crop Mop. A whole bag of Crop Mops. And they even give you this. So you can actually... Uh, use Manscaped to manscape your eyebrows and your toes. Huh? It's like the best. It is everything you need to appeal to your lady friend. So, don't thank me. Thank yourself for going to manscaped.com, entering code QUICK, and getting your order at 20% off discount and free shipping. What is your training camp like right now for this fight? Like, like you're you're just uh, your your training schedule throughout the week, and as you approach a fight, like what what is your what is your regimen? So, uh, pretty much every fight camp, I, I I really just focus on getting on the best condition as possible, and because that's the scariest thing is to be in a fight and be tired with someone trying to knock you out. So I yeah. I never want to experience that, and I try to get in the best possible shape, and so I put a lot of a lot of emphasis on my physical training, my strength and conditioning. I've actually with the UFC PI a little bit, but I've uh, I went ahead and actually hired um, Project Wellbeing, my my friend Sean Freitas. He's been my work guy. He's been working on me for the past two years. Um, I used, I used to see him once a week, and he would just like stretch me and massage and whatnot. But he does like full time strength and conditioning too, and he he trains a lot of. A lot of different athletes, football players, golfers, baseball players, hockey players. So he's kind of got an open mind. And like we took the we took the approach of like the periodization cycle of like what the UFC PI and their study and everything provides. And like I've just been working with him three days a week. And then like he works on me and stretches me after. So like I'm maximizing pretty much that full recovery. So every so I feel great every session. You know, I'm not like worn down and tired, whereas before I was like 
training and then or a sparring and then doing strength and conditioning and then like but i wouldn't be 100 percent. so we we kind of got it dialed in to where my train like everything's a, i don't know i just kind of found that prior priority i guess and yeah i know I, I i i've scheduled my training perfectly and everything's spaced out to where i have that maximum recovery time but then i can go into practice and give it my maximum effort and I think that's super important. And my spar, I've been sparring maybe once a week. I don't, I've kind of like, I feel like I'm matured enough to like, I know how to fight and I, I don't have to spar crazy. Yeah. So I, I'm sparring once a week. And I, I got these two Mexican kids. And like, if you want to talk about zombies, like these guys are real zombies <laughs> and they, they freaking push me. So I've been going hard. Like, um, they've been pushing me. Um, yeah, Brian Zercher and Pato. Like they've, they've been pushing me hard and we just go, I've been getting at least five rounds in of like hard sparring tech. I mean, MMA gloves, I, I don't use 16 ounce gloves anymore, but like we just get after and we, we get our sparring in once a week. And then I, every other practice is just more technical, you know, towards my opponent and what I'm going to do, even in the sparring, it's like that, but you know, sparring, sparring. So, um, I, I don't know, man. I just feel on point. And the sicko sat. We we've been doing sicko Saturdays, like fight simulations, a lot of up down training, bands, shots across the mat. Like we got the ground and pound dummy, a lot of ground and pound conditioning because you know guys like Khabib and stuff. They they incorporate a lot of that in their yep. training and the bike and whatnot. So we've been getting after, man. I, I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. And then for the training, I've been, get, I've been getting that a lot with a lot of guys, you know, like they're, they're, they're training smarter now, not sparring all the time. Like at AK, we had to learn, you know, we're, we're the only or we're the last remaining like kind of super gym when super gyms kind of started. You know, we had Militich, we had, yeah. you know, some of the old lines, Dan, Militich, and then there was AKA and we're the only ones kind of left. So we've been around for a long time and coming out of those days, it was like just hard. It was fighting every day like that. You yeah. know, it's like you want to be a fighter, yeah. you got to fight. And so we just fought three days a week hard as we could you know guys getting knocked out in the gym yeah. and and it was tough man and and and, it, and i'm still like suffering the 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 pains in my body because of those those tough sessions and those years and yeah. years of, of hard work and it seems like a lot of guys are getting a lot smarter now and sparring less and training yeah, harder for cardio and keeping their body healthy and stuff and that's really good um what is your fight weeks like like everyone's a little different which is why i like to ask different fighters so that people that follow them can know what their fight weeks are like like do you do you use that week to like rest and recover more than anything or do you train kind of hard still that monday tuesday wednesday or or, or how, how is it for you um it's honestly my fight weeks are really mellow so like i kind of start my taper depending on how my camp's going and how my body's doing like i'll start a taper 10 to 14 days out like and start decreasing the volume but like i keep the intensity up and then going into fight week it's pretty much like you know the the work is done and so i i I may maybe hit pads once a week or twice. Like I don't really do too much. I honestly, I'm just letting my body completely recover and maybe I'll do other things. Like I'll go outside and just go walk in the sunshine and let my body repair and like just soak up the natural vitamin D and kind of do other things and take my mind off it a little bit. And, and then we do the weight cut and then fight. (laughs) I mean, I do a little shakeout fight day, but pretty much, yeah, like the work by the time fight week comes around, like if you're not like 100% ready, like I I don't know. I see guys that train all the way up to fight yeah. like all the way up to like Thursday night. Yeah. They're training hard and <laughs> I see them too. I don't know. Some guys some guys uh do that, but and it works for them, but 
I don't know, it's not me. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I've seen the guys do the same thing. I, I don't train a lot during fight week either, never have. And I've seen those guys that just kill it all week. And I'm just like, golly, that's crazy. Like To me, it's like, the thing is, I think people are terrified they're going to lose something yeah. in a week. But if you if you put in hard work for three months, you're not going to lose anything, even if you do nothing except rest for a week. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, want, you don't want to be stiff and you want to move around a little and obviously stay loose yeah. and, and, and keep your timing. But aside from that, you're not going to lose your cardio. You're not going to lose your training. So it's like, I think that's the, no, the, right, the right approach is recover and let your body recover because I've walked out before and my legs were numb and they, they were, I felt pain in my body where I shouldn't have because I wasn't recovered. And that's an insecurity when you're walking out to a fight and, and you're warming up backstage yeah. and you're, and you feel some like, you know, some sore muscles and stuff. And you're just like, holy shit, I'm about to go fight. And I'm actually sore. That's not a good thing. And so then that starts playing on your head no, yeah. and you start getting insecure. And like, that's something you definitely don't want before a fight, you know? So I can totally, I, I totally agree with you on that, that fight week. Even like some of my best sparring sessions are like after a fight, you're not in camp, you've been chilling, eating, whatever. And then like you just show up to the gym one day and like I'm just have some fun and spar. And like those are some of my best days. Like I and I haven't been training and my body feels good and it's fully recovered. It's fed like so I don't know. That's kind of the approach I take, I guess, for fight week. But you got to just kind of have that belief like the training, the years and years of training we put in over like that doesn't go away. You know, it just like, you got to just kind of believe that. And, you know, it's pretty easy to pick back up. And then I know Habib's a, a teammate of mine. Um, and I know a lot about him from, from training. I was in the end of my career when he was coming in. And so we trained very little together because I was in Thailand building AK Thailand and everything at the time that he was coming in and kind of starting out his UFC career and stuff. But I know you've trained a lot with him as well. What, you know, yeah. I know at one yeah. point he wanted you to, to lower your weight and you didn't, you went on a six fight win streak and, um, you have had a lot of training sessions together. You, you've taken a lot from him. You probably know him a lot better than I do as far as from a training aspect. And, and, uh, you know, obviously what, what would you, what are some things you can say about Habib? And then what would you say separates him the most? Like if you had one thing to say that separates him the most from every other fighter that could lead to kind of why he's had the success that he's had, what would you say that is? See, uh, I mean, I love Khabib, and see, he's crazy because he's one of those guys that trains every single day. Yeah, fight of course. Week. Like he'll grapple in the morning <laughs> and run at night, like yeah. on fight week, grapple in the morning, run at night, all the way up to Thursday, and then he does his weight cutting, cuts a crazy amount away, and then, and then he's twenty nine and zero and just dominates everyone. So I, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> I don't know, but uh, he, he's a solid guy and just a mentally strong human being, and he's, he's super. He is a guy that never changed from from the first time I met him and no, he didn't, no one really, I mean, they knew him, but he wasn't the star he is today. And like, he was just kind of on the come up. Uh, I think it was like right after he, he beat RDA and like, he started like becoming like, Oh, who's this guy? Like who's Khabib? And like, he was still like this, just young, humble, humble kid from Dagestan. And I, I got to kind of be around him in some of his camps and all the way up to when he won the title against Ally Aquina. And then, when he fought Connor, when he fought Justin Poirier, like Justin Gagey, like all those fights, I got to kind of be around him. And no matter how much money or fame this guy got, like he, he always remained the same. And I think that's super important too, because it's easy to let the, the fame and the stardom and the money and like the attraction kind of get to your head. And then you start thinking you're bigger than you really are. And that's something he never, he never did. So and there's something I guess I, I I take away from him, just kind of being around him and, like, being around other champions as well and, like, seeing how, you know, the guys like Kamaru Usman's and Henry Cejudo's and 
so, so Hudo's a little crazy, but yeah. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean. They, these guys like they they're they're humble. They're humble kids, and you get the belt, but you, you got to kind of remain that way. And I think that 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 will take you farther than than the McGregor route. You know, the McGreg- McGregor made a lot of money, and I can't hate on him, but you know, he, it, it's also been his downfall, and he hasn't looked so great in his last four or five fights. So. I mean, against Cerrone, it did all right, but you know what I mean. Your legacy means a lot to to certain people. You know what I mean, and like obviously the legacy of Habib and the legacy of Connor is slightly different. You know, and, and what they're going to be remembered for outside of the yeah. octagon. Um, but then again, you got Connor being on the Forbes list number one. So it's like it's a trade off, I guess. You know, you can sell your your, your yeah. soul, kind yeah. of. I guess you can say, um, and it's what's what's important to you. Um, so so what would you say would be the, the one thing if you had to, to narrow it down that that made made Habib so flawless throughout his whole career? I mean, you know he's shown up sick before. You know he's shown up injured before. We know what happened in, in Abu Dhabi yeah. before the Gaethje fight. You know, we all know now. We didn't. You know, it wasn't known before, but all the stuff he went through and the lack of training and the injuries and all that kind of stuff. What, what do you think it is that, that got him through all those fights flawlessly the, the most, like the most important thing that he has that, that really kind of like leveled out everything, no matter what he faced, what adversary, adversary he faced before each of those fights, he still came out ahead and he still looked good every single yeah. time. Is it just that mindset, you think? It is the mindset and it's just, he's a work curse, you know, like I, uh, I guarantee even today, I, even though he's retired, he's, he trains every single day. And I don't sure. think the guy's ever missed a day of training. Like, he will show up to the gym every single day, and he's humble, and he works, and he shows up early, and he stays after practice, and he, and he stretches, and he does extra, and he does push-ups after practice, and does crunches after practice, and he gets everyone involved. Like, he kind of, he's developed that, like, he's like a leader, and, like, because he's a leader, he has to hold himself accountable and for the younger guys and i think that's what kind of made him successful because he has like he has to be the guy that shows up early he has to be the guy that 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 never misses a practice because he's got future generations looking up to him that want to be the future khabibs there's tons of khabibs out there like there really is and um like these kids from dagestan and that literally just come from nothing like they're killers, dude. They they really are, and I, I I just I think it's his work ethic and just the accountability uh, that that that's what made him great. I think you're right, man. I, I'm very fortunate to be uh, a member, like a founding member of AK, and been there since the beginning. So I've seen so many of these guys come in, like yeah. Habib and Kane and. Uh, DC and and a lot of these Luke, you know, all these guys come in from day one and then turn into these huge stars. And I got to see that progress, and it's it's cool looking back, seeing the every step of the way. And like Habib came in, you know, and it was like he came in from Dagestan, didn't have anything, and him and his his his, you know, his family and his friends that he trained with were all staying in the hotel behind the gym, and and they just showed up for training. They had nothing, man. They were just showing up every day, and and it's the same Habib when you talk to him now as that you talk to him then except he's just a superstar you know he's yeah he's he's the, the most no, famous for uh, sure. russian dialect uh guy on the on the planet and definitely athlete and uh yeah it's cool to see that man and 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 it means a lot you know to, to have been been there for that what's up everybody i am here in thailand this is the first time i've ever been here been dying to come here for years Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, aka Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. 
you can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu, they have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. You got started when you were like 20 or 21, correct? Like around that age? As far as fighting MMA, like amateur? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I wrestled two years in high school, did some judo, and then I, I wrestled two years in college. And then I started my MMA career after my second year of college in summer. So it was 2000, yeah, 2011. I had my first amateur fight. So yeah, uh, what is that? Ten years ago. Ninety-one. You were born uh, in ninety-one, right? So ninety-one, two thousand eleven. So you're like twenty-one, I think something like that. Twenty-one, I think. If I yeah, yeah, my something like yeah, yeah. So 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 it's crazy. And then, and then what, what was the big, what, what got you into fighting? So you wrestled and then like, what, what was that transition where you were just like, you know what, I'm going to start punching people now instead of just wrestling them. And then, and then what was the difference of just training and fighting and then actually saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to be a fighter and I'm going to take this as a career. It's like, I kind of almost got into it like as a joke, like I, I was doing jujitsu tournaments and stuff and I was, and I was pretty competitive and, uh, my second year actually coming back from college, like my wife, our girlfriend at the time, my wife now, like her brothers were all MMA fighters and stuff. So I was hanging out with her a lot and then hanging out with their brothers. So I started going to train with them and they they were the ones always telling me like, oh, take a fight, take a fight. So I ended up taking a fight and I, I had my first amateur fight against a guy, Micah Ige. He had the same last name as me. It wasn't related oh, wow. at all, but he had like... <laughs> He was kind of a can, I guess you could say. He had like 40, 40 amateur fights and probably lost half of them, one half, lost half. But still, 40, am, 40 amateur fights, and yeah. I didn't have any experience. But I, uh, I, yeah, I beat him in the first round, TKO'd him with like body shots. And like I had zero striking whatsoever. I just had kind of athleticism. And um, yeah, I beat him in. I think it was just the feeling like I never it was a feeling I never got from winning any other competition yeah. like I never got that from wrestling never got that from jiu-jitsu and I kind of fell in love with that I guess so uh, I made a decision like let's try this out and I, I ended up doing 11 I had 11 amateur fights and in Hawaii they're they're almost like pro pro fights because like everyone can fight pretty good over there like everyone's like a good stand-up fighter and I had no stand-up so I kind of learned as I went um had a decent amateur career i think i went nine and two lost uh lost like a decision i got arm barred once i fought at 170 and got arm barred <laughs> and oh, then man. uh then i turned pro in 2014 and literally like i was just learning as i go i never really had like a mitt man or nothing like yeah. I just kind of learned as i went and then um when i lost my first pro fight um i fought this japanese guy and he was, I was two and zero, oh, and he was like nine and three, and it's just like, I don't know, it was stupid matchmaking, you know. And I didn't have a manager or anything, so I was just like, I felt invincible because I was two and zero. Oh. So I kind of, and it was like Hawaii versus Japan, so I was like pretty prideful, and I ended up losing a split decision. And uh, but it was at that moment, like I realized, like 
if I'm going to do this, I kind of got to go all in. So I ended up making the move out here to Vegas. And then once I came here, kind of everything else just fell into place. Like I found a great team at Extreme Couture. You know, I met, I met all these, I got to meet all these other guys like Khabib and Frankie. And it's just like, they kind of molded me to who I am today. Just being around guys like that and being around champions and, you know, seeing the, you know, I did work as a manager for a while and I just, you kind of see the backside of things and, you see what matchmakers are looking for and the company's looking for. And like, so I, it kind of just molded me into the fighter I am today. And, um, yeah, man, it, I, I don't regret anything. And I, I'm in a great place now and it's crazy. Just coming, literally moved here with $27. Now it's like, now here I am top 10 in the world and I own a house and I'm just super grateful and fortunate. That's awesome, man. And, and I know you're a dominance. I've had a lot of the dominance guys on the on the podcast, including Ali himself um, was a guest on my podcast as well. Um, how, how is it juggling that being such a big job and fighting at the same time? Because I know for me, like maybe because I was overtraining, but I was so exhausted between training rounds. I was just trying to sleep uh, and then until I could finally get into business yeah. and, and have more time to, to dedicate to business because I knew obviously post-career is, is what's, what's going to be carrying me through the rest of my life. Um, but how hard is it being that you're a top, possibly soon a top five fighter, and then also having the responsibilities of a, of a big job like, like that as well and balancing it? How are you handling that? Yeah, it, the beginning was really hard because I, I didn't have a balance. And, you know, maybe I'd put too much emphasis into into working or I would put too much into training where I was drained and I couldn't work or vice versa. And you know, it was really about finding that balance. And I, I've taken a little step back now. Like I was, uh, I still do some, I have some responsibilities, but you know, now I have a kid. So that's just another thing to balance. And, um, but it was all about finding the balance because I, I feel like if you just kind of like too delved into one thing, even if I was 100% into fighting, I didn't have any other job. Like it's easy to burn out. Yeah. Um, so it was almost nice. Like having that little pendulum effect, like I had, I had a balance and I found the balance and you know, when I wasn't fighting, I could, it could do a little work. And when I wasn't working, I could focus on my family and then, you know, just kind of had that triangle effect. And, uh, I, I don't know. It just, it all worked out somehow, some way. I, I feel like I didn't, I didn't take the easy route. Like I, even coming up in my career before I moved to Vegas, I was working construction and like that was hard, but I've said this is harder because it's mentally taxing. Right. Like I'm always physical. I can go there and like not have to think and shovel for days and then go train. Like I can do that. It's hard. It sucks. But like when you mentally tax yourself and then go to train, like that's, it's way harder. So I don't know. I, I just, I felt like going through all that coming up in my career and even in my UFC career, kind of like, if that was hard, like the fight was easy. That's kind of how I looked at it. Um, like yeah. the fight was my escape. Like that's my freedom where I can actually go in the cage. And even though I got another man trying to knock me out, like it's literally my freedom. So, uh, I don't know. It's, it's finding the balance. And, but I have went into fights where I was totally drained and like I still won the fights, but I was just mentally drained and physically drained because I put too much emphasis into one or the other. Yeah, that's the big question is like how much emphasis and like I commend you on that because like for me the same thing like once I got my training to where it was proper and I had time 
um, I put it all into business. I mean, I was reading business books, learning about business, starting businesses. Midway through my UFC career, I started uh, getting into business. And like, um, you know, so you see a lot of guys that like, once they start getting that time, they play video games or they do things to take their mind off fighting as far as they watch movies, they play video yeah. games, they go do fun things, but they don't realize that like those things aren't going to help you at the end of your career. And I think the, the step you're taking and, and that I took was smart in the fact that like, you know, when you can put that time, because because people with the misconceptions, people think fighters don't have time. We do have time when you're when you're training hard and proper because you can't train that hard all the time. You do have downtime and you got to get your mind no. off fighting and you have to keep busy. And when you can do that toward business, um, that's something that's going to help you outside of fighting when you're done. And that's going to put you ahead of, of, of everybody yeah, who's going to be stuck when they're done fighting and they played video games or did other stuff. And, and then they're just like, oh, shit, what do yeah. I do next? I'm, you know, 40 years old and I got to start over. And there's like, you know, 20 and 30 year olds that are all educated and been to college and been training in these different, you know, career modes this whole time that I had to compete with. So I commend you on that. And I was just curious how tough it was Thank and how, how the balance you have is right now. And it sounds like you got it all under control and you're doing good. So, um, is this what you want yeah. to do? Like after fighting, like yeah. you, you want to be a manager? Is that, is that, is that what you would say is your, is your goal when fighting is over and, and, and you have like a, a another job and you're not fighting and, and actually competing? I think so. I mean, it was something that I never really, I didn't dream of that before. And it wasn't like a, a goal or even a thought when I moved to Vegas, I didn't know, but like having the knowledge I have now, definitely. I mean, yeah. I could, I, I feel like I could be one of the best managers in the world if I wanted to be. I just, um, right now my main focus is, you know, gaining a championship, but I I have all the tools. If I ever want to, you know, fall back on that, I definitely can. And, um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything I've learned from Ali. Uh, he's taught me so much, just kind of the business side of things and negotiations and relationships with fighters. And like, I think that's, that's key as a manager is having a relationship with with every fighter you manage because you can have a hundred fighters but if you don't have like a relate like they're not going to respect you so gaining respect for your fighters by having a relationship with is 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 key and it'll carry far like not just even a relationship with the fighter but like like no like i want to know my the fighter's mom and dad like i want to like wish them happy birthday i think that means a lot like more than like hey you got to fight now I'm like, hey man, how's your mom? How's your dad doing? Uh, I tell him happy birthday or whatever, you know. Right, just right. I think that's really important as a manager, rather than just pick up the phone and say, hey, you want to fight? All right, let's not hear back from you till after the fight. All right, hey, here's the invoice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't right. know. I just I think that's cute, and I think Ollie's really good at that. And something I would take into account if I were to ever manage guys is just like having that relationship with them, having the rate. And just like having a bond and having a family, like Ali created dominance, like it, it's a family bond. And, you know, even guys might fight each other, you know, for the title or the number one contender, but like it's still a family bond at the end of the day. And I think that's pretty cool. And he, he he's doing a good thing over there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, it's tough to get a fighter's respect, you know, and, and, and like, it's a tough thing to do and i think you being a top tier fighter is is a huge help for that because fighters respect fighters so i think that's really going for you in yeah. in, in this uh endeavor because uh yeah I, 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 that's great man i love it i love i love it. you have you have everything bro you're you're a top tier fighter you got business accolades mm-hmm. you're you're staying busy you're you know you're doing great man it's it's fantastic i'm i'm pumped about it um, thank you. I'm, I'm pumped to see thank how your you. career goes and, and 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 how well you do in this fight and and keep going up the up the ranks. Um, so you you haven't been to Thailand, correct? 
No, I haven't. I, I mean, it's always been on uh, on my bucket list. It's the place I got to go one day. But I would, I would definitely love to come one day. Check you guys out. Yeah, man, you're you're you have an open invitation to come train with us, and and I'll show you the islands and and show you the cool uh, attributes of Phuket. So anytime you're ready, man, just hit me up, Sick. and and uh, we'll take care of everything else. And, Appreciate it, and get you here and uh, show you a great time. Heck yeah, you're the man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on the show, man, taking the time out. I really wanted to talk to you, and uh, I'm looking forward to your fight. I'm excited as a fan. Um, now I got to know you a lot more as a person, and uh, I'm even more pumped. I, I think uh, you're a great guy, and you got a lot going for you, and it seems like you got everything uh, in line for this fight. So I'm super excited for you. I'll be watching for, on my birthday here in, here in Thailand. Heck yeah. Uh, rooting you on, brother. So uh, a good birthday for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. So, so thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate it, and, and good luck with your training camp, and good luck with your fight. Yeah, thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me, and yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely uh, we'll talk soon. We'll talk after the fight. All right, brother. Talk soon, man. Take care. Thank you, Mike. Real quick. Real quick. Real quick. With Mike Swig.